This is the Blacklist Co. Radio Show with Pedro Frias. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blacklist Radio Show. I'm here with Luis and Mauricio. And today we are going to be talking about a very sad, sad, sad thing that happened last week um, with the death of Kobe Bryant. And the lessons we've learned collectively, and I think everybody now, like it's crazy that since he passed away, um, how much this man's work ethic, his grind, his ability to overcome adversity, his legendary, 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 legendary work ethic in a time where everybody values balance. Um, you know, Kobe just taught us a number of lessons and, um, you know, we're going to be talking about that today. So quick introduction. So I have um, Luis here. Luis, just say what's up. Pero, thank you for having me here and, and allowing me to share this with everyone. Um, and like I mentioned about a week ago, we, we lost one of the greatest to ever do it on and off the court. And I think you'd agree with that. And you know, it, it's a sad, sad thing to hear because I'm going to start this off by, you know, explaining a personal viewpoint. When we look at people like Kobe, I honestly saw him as a God, like he's untouchable. So when you hear news like that, it kind of humbles you because it's the only thing that's guaranteed. You just don't know how it's going to happen. No, no, regardless of the money you have in your bank account, regardless of anything. And, but why it hurts so much is because I, we won't get to see his Hall of Fame speech. He won't, he won't get to see his eight-month-old daughter grow up, his beautiful wife, his family, and all the people that he influenced and him witness what people can build off of that. So, you know, I had some time to reflect on who he was and how he influenced others around me. But it just, it's just a sad thing. It's a sad thing, but that's how I wanted to open up. Yeah, I know it's it's super sad and it's a reminder to me and a reminder I think to to everybody that you know life is extremely short, right? I think most of us kind of go through our days and go through our problems thinking that we're going to be here forever. And to lose somebody like Kobe who we all watched growing up. I mean, I know I watched him. I remember back in the day was Allen Iverson versus Kobe, Tracy McGrady versus Kobe. And I remember when the whole thing happened with the sexual assault thing. And I remember people hated Kobe back in the day. And, you know, he, he wanted to be the best. He strived to be, be the best. You know, everybody criticized him for being a ball hog. He was, if he went down, he was going to go down swinging hard. And, um, you know, for me, I think like you, it was, it was a sign to say, damn, you know, like with the legends, like Michael, even Dr. J, Julius Irving, um, you know, you, you expect to see them grow old. And life happens and people, people pass away. And um, to me, that was the biggest shock was just like out of nowhere, how quick it can end. And not just for him, but for his daughter. And it was super interesting to see him like change his mindset from being like a killer, like just wanted to like just destroy anybody else around him to him going and being a family man. And I'll tell you, that inspired me in a way where I was just kind of like, look, I'm 32 now. I'm single. I've been just heads down, just working for 10 years. I haven't taken a vacation in 10 years, not even a week off. And everybody's like, shit, I have not taken a week off. I haven't told anybody that, but you don't see on my page, ask any, I haven't gone on any trips ever. Right. And when I saw what happened to Kobe, it just made me think like, am I doing this right? Like, I don't have a partner. I don't have a girl. I don't have a wife. I don't have children. And I saw the way he was a family man with his, um, 
with his daughter. And I was like, man, like if I were to die today, what would my legacy be? Right. And for me, it brings back things that happened to me in my life. And I, I witnessed a lot of people around me die. Like um, example is my aunt Marisa. You know, my aunt Marisa, uh, we grew, I grew up with her. I was very close with her. And out of nowhere, she gets breast cancer. You know, lump, I'm sorry, no, colon cancer for her. She got colon cancer, caught it too late. And like that, it, we, we literally watched her go from healthy, like dia, like energy to chemo, lose her hair. And she was gone. And we watched her all the way to, to die. She had a twin sister, my tia Mari. And we all, you know, we were all kind of just together. Then when my tia Mari, I don't know where she had breast cancer. She had a lump on her breast. Didn't think it was breast cancer. What do you think happened? Caught it too late. She passes away. So, and they were twin sisters. Both of them passed away. Then my grandfather, Francisco Acosta, you know, for him, he died of a heart attack. Then my uncle, my mentor, you know, who I, I, I did a post talking about why you shouldn't lend money to friends and family members, right? And the reason why I did that post is not just tied to him, but tied to different situations that happened around him and people around him. And with him, um, he was my best friend. He was my coach. He was the dude, like when I was down, he was like, Pedrito, you can do it. I know you can do it. I know you're a star. I know you're, and he kind of pumped that confidence into me where I can go out and I can just say like, yo, I'm a fucking crush it. I saw him, his life turn around from being CEO of the Better Business Bureau. He was a Dominican and he moved from New York. He moved from the Dominican to New York, like got a basketball scholarship and just started crushing it in life. He was a multimillionaire, like real estate investor. He used to syndicate deals, which is something I'm going to be doing this year. And I saw him go from that married, has everything together to getting fired from his job, going through a divorce, a nasty divorce, um, losing his car, losing his house. It was in the newspaper, living with my uncle, doing business with the NFL player. And then he drops dead in the gym out of nowhere. And I saw all that happen. And when I, when I see what happened to Kobe, to me, it was a reminder because the past decade, I've just had so many people around me drop dead and die. And you can look at it from two different perspectives, at least is the way I choose to look at it, is you can cherish and like take key lessons from people like Kobe, from my aunt, from my uncle, uh, from my grandfather, and then turn a negative situation to a positive situations. So with that, I'm going to ask you, what are some things that you admire about Kobe, about the Black Mamba? Um, What are things that you admired about him? First of all, Pedro, thank you for being vulnerable enough to speak about those things. And and, uh, I'm sorry for your losses. And, and I'm glad that you, you remember them in a positive way and learn from them. But to answer your question, man, what, I guess just what hit me the hardest, man, is from the father standpoint and from the, from the mother standpoint. Because I have a nine-month-old daughter myself. When I heard the news, it just broke me that right after as I confirmed that his daughter was with him. That one shattered me, bro. Because I just think about my daughter being nine months old. And it's like, what… I don't even, I, I can't even wrap my head around what it would be without her presence. So that was the first thing. And like the first thing I thought about, because, you know, it, I've, I've said this before, the best leadership role that you can have is being a father. Because 
now you have someone that you get, and I'm 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 gonna make this clear. You don't you're not raising. I'm not raising my daughter. I'm I'm cultivating a, a foundation for her because at the end of the day, she's gonna grow up old enough to have her own mentality, her her own way of thinking, and I'm never gonna judge her on that. So I think that's another thing that Black Mamba taught me was that he allowed his daughters to be who he was or who they were. He allowed his wife to be who she was, and and they, he always highlighted them, and he always paid. You know his respects to them, like you know, if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that, so you can tell the backbone. So that that was the first thing, and the second thing, man. There's a podcast I was listening to him uh, when he was a guest. I believe it was Jay Shetty podcast uh, on purpose. He mentioned um, the reason why he flew in a helicopter, and also the fact that when he was really in in the gym playing with the Lakers, was that you know he had to go, he had to get a helicopter because he wasn't going to deal with the LA traffic. So instead of being in LA traffic, traveling what fifteen miles to to the gym is going to take you two hours. Let me get a helicopter, get there in fifteen minutes. But the reason, another reason, he's like it optimized my time to spend time with my daughters. And his wife asked him like, "Don't worry, I'll pick up the girls from school." She's like, "No, I'm picking up the girls from school. I want to be a dad. Whether it's twenty minutes in the car or whatever it is, I want to be the dad." And that that brought another thing to me is like what you mentioned earlier, it was, it, it was, he was too focused and he, he showed that no matter what, how passionate he was about basketball, he still was passionate about being a father. He was still passionate about being the best husband possible. And he just showed that you could be so crazy passionate about whatever you're, you're going through, whether it's a business, whether it's a sport, that you could still be the best leader in all other areas. And that's, that's what I loved about him. Yeah, that's, you know what? I, I, I took a lot away from what you just said there. And I'm going to break it down into two different components. Let's talk about like the last thing you just said, which Kobe did not balance. Today in society, everybody's about balance. And it's a controversial topic, right? Kobe wanted to be the best in every aspect of his life, obviously. So, you know, he's an obsessive dude. Like he goes 150%. So if he was going to, if he was going to play ball, he wanted to be the best in basketball. If he wanted to, when he was time for him to be a father, he wanted to be the best dad for his kids. So like one of the things that I touch up, like one of the things that I respected is he didn't force his daughters to play basketball. One of the daughters naturally liked basketball and he was like, shoot, I'm okay. I'm going to give her my all. So I'm going to fly her in my helicopter. I'm going to build a, they had like a gym that they go to. He was going to fly the whole team. So he, he, this is a man who tried to be the best in every aspect of his life. And I think there's something to be said there because the concept of balance is you're trying to juggle a few different things. Me personally, the way I live my life, when I do something, I either go all the way in or I don't fucking do it at all. I don't touch it. And this is a problem with my life. So one of the things I took from him is like, when it's time for me to be a father, for it's time for me to have a relationship, I don't want to balance it. I want to be the best partner I can be. I want to be the best. Like if I play golf, which I do now, I'm waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning before I go to the gym and I'm doing thousands of reps, right? If I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to drink a shitload of water. If I'm going to go uh, do a podcast with you guys, like I want to make sure it's the best that we can do. And to, in today's society, unfortunately, that can be viewed as a bad thing. And in life, everybody we respect, Jordan, Kobe, Obama, any, it doesn't matter which political view you're on or, or even which athlete you like. The people we admire, none of them, none of them lived in balance, right? None of them balanced. They wanted to be the best in every or a specific part of their life. And Kobe 
may not have been, I mean, he certainly had his issues. He's human, like all of us. But the things that he did, like the things that interested him and everything he did, he wanted to make sure that there was quality, there was details. And another thing too is he was humble enough to go find mentors, right? We all think we know everything today, right? We all have, everybody has a huge ego. Everybody thinks they're the best. Everybody, you know, they want to judge other people online. And, you know, Kobe wasn't judged. Kobe was playing his own game. You know, he had his mentor. He stuck with his, you know, Jordan was his mentor. He took the best out of the peers around him, but he had his mentor and he seeked his mentorship and knowledge from young, but he knew who to seek it from. So he wasn't listening just to everybody. Actually, this is, we're having a a conversation about competition. He picked a mentor, Jordan. He went deep with Jordan. They had 20 years of a relationship. And he modeled and copied Jordan's moves, his moves in his own style. So I, I see a man who didn't, wasn't looking for balance. Also a man that wanted to be the best in every aspect or most aspects of his life. And for me, it's like, I'm at a stage now where I'm like, you know what, if, I want, if I'm going to do a book, I want to have the best book. If I'm going to do a podcast, I want it to be the best that I can do personally for that podcast. When it's time for me to be um, a husband, my wife, I want to be the best wife I can be. I don't want to balance it. I want to go all the way. Just like my dreams. I don't want to balance my, like, my people are like, yo, you don't take time. I'm like, dude, I, don't, I know where I want to go. I don't want to balance that. I want to go all the way. I, it, me taking time off from my, my dream is me quitting on myself. That's the way I view it. So when people are like, oh, you don't take vacations, you don't take time off, you don't do something. Dude, I, I know exactly where I want to go. And having that clarity, and I saw the clarity and the, the decisiveness that Kobe Bryant moved with. He moved at speed. He lost a game. That night, he was in the gym at two or three in the morning fixing that problem, right? And those are things that if you want to be excellent at your craft, yes, rest is important. But you should focus and focus and focus and do things that make you uncomfortable. I don't know how you feel about that. No, Pedro, I actually want to double down on that because what you just said and mentioned is, is very true because balance is like, is an interesting topic because of course, you know, like you got a family, you have friends, you have your girlfriend, you have your business, you have your social life, you have your sports, your, you know, there's so many things that, that one has going on in their daily life. But it's like, if you try to balance them all, you're not going to, you're not doing hundred percent on either of them. So, so I actually like what you said because I'm in this position right now where it's like, wherever I'm at, I'm, I'm, you have my 150% on this podcast right now. There's nothing else around this bothering me right now or take consuming my energy or mind right now. I am 150% with you here. Yeah. That's look, that's one of the things I admire about you. And reasons why I wanted to make sure we work together is I see the work ethic that you as a team have, right? And it's different than work ethic than I'm in Silicon Valley. I see the way these people work over there. And I see how they take things for granted. And I see you guys don't take anything for granted. And where does that come from? Your upbringing. It comes from like maybe having limited resources like I did. But when you have limited resources, you don't take anything for granted. You work, you, this is why immigrants come here and they kick ass. Immigrants come here and they don't like, they're not complaining about the U.S. My, my grandfather came here. He came from Santo Domingo. He was over there with doing, you know, chopping down caña with a machete. And, it, you know, like he, he came to New York. He was like, I'm going to work. My grandfather was working 20 hours a week driving cabs in Manhattan. And I'm like, I can't sit on a fucking desk all day and like pay some fucking freelancer to do something. Like, give me, give me a break. And it's the same thing I see in, in, in you and your team. 
where you guys execute, you guys are hungry, you're seeking knowledge, you're reaching out to people. And it's the same thing that you notice that a lot of the greats do, right? Like they're hungry and yielding and, and you learn and you grow and you want to be uncomfortable. You want to be challenged. And those are things that I admire about you in your camp here. So something I definitely see. I appreciate that, Pedro. And, and it means a lot. And it's humbling because it reminds me that although I could receive that compliment, I'm not sticking in the clouds for too long because I'm back in that middle space because I know that there could be a day where some negativity comes and appears. And it's like, I'm not going to get, I'm not, I'm not going to dwell on the negativity. I'm not going to, you know, sit too much in the clouds. So. Yeah, no, I, I do. I, I see that, you know, and this is the, the main podcast and the people I listen to personally and I consume are people like Jocko. Jocko has a saying, the only easy day was yesterday. And that resonates with me. Here's a man you can tell he suffered loss, right? He's, he's tested. He's not some spoiled brat that's kind of just like speaking off the cuff. So um, I respect people like that. And I respect your work ethic. You as an immigrant, you as the, you're trying to make your family proud, same way I'm trying to make my family proud. And the work, that, the work ethic and everything that comes along with that. And also the knowledge that comes with that. So definitely, brother. Thank you once again, Pedro. Because, you know, even, you know, as Latinos, it, it's, we have to focus on the unity, you know. And I kind of want to go back, speaking on the Black Mamba. Or, yeah, no. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that's something, too, that the Black Mamba showed us because it's, it, it brought unity. So back to the balance and all that is like, I'm giving you my 150% here. I'm giving 150% when I'm locked in my computer doing an edit. I'm 150% when I reach out to people and try to set up meetings. And I'm at the same time, it's very uncomfortable because like, well, shit, I can't, I can't be scared. But it is fearful sometimes because like, what if this person thinks, you know, I don't get a response or whatnot. But from the Latinos, here, here's actually before I, I pass this on to you. I just want to mention this because the other day I posted, it was my birthday uh, uh, two days ago. And I posted, I'm just too lucky to be born in, the, in 96, man. And anyone, you know, millennial or even in the last 50 years is just such a blessing. And I'm, such, I'm so blessed to be a Latino born in the central coast of California, 45 minutes away from the Silicon Valley, born in the internet age, born in social media age. It's too freaking blessing to be born right now. And I'll say this, and this has in, in, in full respect to anybody, you know, who has family members, but I could have been born in the 30s and the only option I had at 18 was you're going to the military. You know what I mean? Now I have a choice and sometimes choices could be crippling, but I have a choice to be like, am I going to fucking sit down and complain about what I can't do or am I going to go 150% in what I do? I agree with everything you just said, every aspect of it. And we've spoken about this offline and it's not just for the Latinos, but in a way it is for the Latinos and a lot of the minority community is because of shit that's happened to us, we're always programmed to think like in survival mode. So we can't always see from like a macro view, what's the game being played. So what does that lead to? At least us setting smaller goals in general. You go to Silicon Valley, I, I'm not going to say something to, like, I'm probably not politically correct, but all these white dudes... They all, and not just like people from pri like privileged backgrounds, they all think they're going to be the next Steve Jobs. They all think they're going to build the next Facebook. They all think they're going to do this. And, and st statistically, they're not. 90% aren't, right? But they still, you have to admire, they still go for it. Or if you go to finance, you know, everybody in finance, they're going to be a billionaire. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And us as a community, the Latinos, 
I forgot how many trillions of, we're going to be like, we have the most spending power. We have the power. No doubt about it. We have the power. We have the thought leadership. We have, there's so much, especially here in the central coast. We're always talking about the coast. I love it down here. But here specifically, and especially like me being in the Bay in California, I, I'm Dominican and Puerto Rican, right? In Boston, like when I would see Mexicano and I would, I, my first job was construction. I was a Mason when I was like 16. I was, and I used to work and I would see the, the Mexicano, the, the way they, their work ethic is different, right? The work, they I mean, you guys work and you guys take, pay like close detail to your craft at a level that, you know, like nobody does. Kobe does that shit, right? But specifically in California, in Northern California, we don't see the business leaders from our community. We don't see like our people really sticking together. Monterrey, uh, Salinas, Sacramento, San Jose. Well, we used to be the mission district, not anymore. They kicked us out of there. But there, you, there's just, there, we're just a big, we're huge out here. But we're all flying under the radar. Nobody knows what we're doing. We don't really believe that we can do the things that we want to do. Right? And that's one of the things I'm passionate about now is like, what's it going to take for us to stop like selling, setting our, like selling ourselves short? Because we are setting ourselves short. If, we're gonna do, if you're going to do some shit, you want to go do it as big as possible. Because if you, if you don't hit it, like at least you come up 50%. And we need to do that as a community. We should be building. We should have all the agriculture down here, in my opinion. This should be run by our community. The Latino community should run it, own it, manage it. We know more about this shit than anybody else. Why do we, why do other people, it, to me, it's fucking crazy. Like, why? Why are, we, why are we busting our ass for other people? And then what do they do in return? They look down at us. They think they're better than us. They, they, put, they make fun. They put you in certain neighborhoods. They keep your pay. They play games with pay. They don't, you know, they're not, they're not putting you in touch with decision makers, right? They, they devalue you. And we got to get out of that shit. And the only way you're going to get out of it is by thinking outside the box. Because if you start thinking that box they try to put you in, especially down here and in, in, in the Bay, it's a confidence game. You're going to do what you believe you can do. If you believe you can't do it, you're already fucked up because you're not going to do it. And our culture, especially... To me, the Latino, so I'm so passionate about it because my family is, I grew up around a lot of Latinos. I grew up in a lot of different cultures. Specifically, the Latinos, we are just totally selling ourselves way too fucking short. There's Afrotech. There's no Latino tech. Why? We, we, we have, I, actually, I got to be careful when I'm saying this, but we can do what anybody else can do times 20. We work harder that shown we don't take as much for granted because we come from extreme poverty in our countries but what do we do we fight each other we like somebody gets a position of power they try to kind of like play games with people for like a status so like i'm here you're there so i'm from this part and then you're from over there i'm light you're there right it's a bunch of bullshit we should be running the game out here especially in california this is our land monterrey we, do people know the story of, you know the story of Monterrey, right? Monterrey, this was Mexican land. This was native land. What happened? Same, with the, same thing happened in San Diego. They, they massacred, or sh- raped, they did everything. Even the Padres, San Diego Padres, read the story about the Padres. Padres were fucked up. 
they were real fucked up. Last time I was down here, I bought a book at the bookstore about it. And to me, this is the thing where I'm like, I think an advantage I have is I'm hard-headed. I'm like, I won't let no motherfuckers. Like, I'd rather die than have somebody tell me like, and some shit's not for me. And I've always, I kind of, not to toot my own horn, I had that mindset. I don't listen to people. Like, I will rather die on my own sword, which is bad, but I have mentors too. But I think us as a community, we got to fight for our own shit. Um, how do you think that should be sparked? How would you spark that? Everybody, we got to get together. Because I know you say, um, like, you know, someone gets a little bit more status. And they're like, oh, I'm better than you now, bro. Because you're still down there. And I'm up here now. How would you… Hear? Can, can I ask something real quick, Pedro? Because I want to make this very clear because uh, that's, a, that's a great question. I just want to make it clear that mentorship is very important and… It's being around you for such a short amount of time, you've definitely opened in that mindset where you just got to go big because it, it's we got to stop with the, the small. You know, you're gonna do the same amount of work. You said this. You're gonna do the same amount of work doing the small stuff. Why not go big? But go ahead and answer Marty's question because that's a great question. They're both great questions. So, like, just to that question really quick because it was the last one and I know yours one too. Is yeah, it takes the same amount of work, and you actually work like the work that our people are doing here. 12 to 15 hour days and the, the attention to detail, the quality is more than like these motherfuckers are doing in tech, working five hours a day than going to fucking wherever they go to have a vacation and post pictures on their fucking page. Right? So yeah, like we should always, always, always leverage around money to scale out. And to answer your question, um, there's people who are successful in general focus on what they can control in life. I get cancer tomorrow, I die. I have no control over that. I'm born into a shitty situation. There's, what can I do? Like, I, I wasn't born with a lot of money. I wasn't born with, you know, 6'5", and I, you know, I wanted to go to the NBA. I do, I wasn't 6'5", I was, and I sucked at basketball. So what, what can I do? What I can control is the work. What I can control is taking action. People in general, most people, as soon as, especially you come from scarcity, as soon as you get something of value, you want to hold on to it. You just go, shit, this is like rare. So I got, I got this position of power. And you know what? Maybe like I got it. But, and, I, and because I'm like, a, like just 1% of the 1% that was able to get it, I'm special. And I, I, I don't know if I can give that up. And I don't know if I want you to be special. It's about me and my ego, what I can do and da-da-da-da-da. We can't control that. That shit's going to happen. As soon as somebody gets a little bit of status, they all have a big fucking ego. Right? And… What you can control and what we should be doing is taking action. I want to write a book. I fucking write the book. I'm fine. I don't care what the fuck any of my peers say about me. Right? The people in finance might be like, what the fuck? This kid doesn't know what he's talking about. Read it. There's some good shit in there. Yeah. When I want to go into, when I went to finance, oh, the, the, Dominican, the Dominicans don't work in finance in Boston. Dominicans don't do this. Latinos don't do this. If you listen to that shit, you're going to be fucked up. You got to ignore that. You got to be like Kobe. Kobe to be number one. He wanted to be better than Jordan. He was criticized. He was hated. But he had a massive goal that he attacked like a fucking savage. And you had to have that mind. To me, in my opinion, in order for, to break out of a system, you have to attack. And part of attacking isn't worrying about what other people think about what you're doing. Part of attacking is the doing. So I think people today can 
take action, start your brand. Start off, I mean, nothing start off, starts off big, right? Start supporting people in your community. Mentor. When you reach a certain status, don't look down on people around you. Try to uplift people. Don't use your status as a way to stroke your own ego. Think you're the fucking shit because you're not. You're not. These motherfuckers are more talented than… In some ways, they probably have some skills you don't because upbringing… But they're not more talented than us, right? And there's sometimes people that are, have less talent that do a lot more because they attack in life, right? And Kobe, Kobe, a good example of Kobe is Kobe had a lot of talent, but he didn't rely on his talent. He outworked everybody, including Jordan said, this dude might even work harder than me, right? He outworked everybody. He paid attention to detail. He attacked. When a bad thing happened, it was he followed up with an action. When bad things happen to our community, sometimes we fall back. We don't take action. I, I think we should take a lot more action. And part of action is ignoring the noise around you and just jumping in. And if you have to, you know, like if you don't have limited resources, start small. That's okay. Eventually, it's going to scale up. Um, reach out to people using the free tools that we have. And reach out to the most powerful, influential people you can. And sometimes they're not even going to be from our own community. Because sometimes the people that you do want to help you, like for me, everybody helped me. It's, every opportunity I've gotten was never from somebody from our community, to be honest with you. And it's not a bad thing. And I've reached out to them. But for me, I've gone into situations. I reach out to the, whoever the fuck it is that's in charge. And then I'm talking to them. I cut out all the other shit. And it's actually people don't like this about me. Because I'm kind of like, this is kind of where East Coast comes in. Is I just go straight for the kill. So I, I want to, okay, you're the person in power. I'm reaching out to you. What do you care about? This is who I am, and this is why I should be here. And I, I cannot go. I, I can use my the advantages that I have: grit, being Latino, immigrants, overcoming adversity. Yeah, and you can use it for you. And it's the same thing in deals. You will win a deal. You will win like a big contract. You're not going to a big contract if you don't go for them. So you might as well learn learn how to get the big ones. So that's some, to me, that's a mindset you have to have. So, um, I think to close, like. We're obviously, all of us can say that we've learned a lot from him. Um, it's a touchy subject. Death is something that is um, unexplainable. There's bad stuff that happens. You go to our, our countries, you go to Mexico, you go to the, the Dominican Republic, you go to Puerto Rico, there's great suffering. And we forget that living here. There's a, just so much suffering that happens. And seeing that happen to Kobe is just a reminder that we should be grateful for the problems we do have. And then you want, and for me, what I'm taking out of it is I want to take action. So like, I want to be, I want to be a good partner. I never, I did one, the one flaw, a major flaw I have is I was always a shitty person in a relationship. I was kind of focused on myself. I was, I looked at it from a very selfish point of view and the woman I dated resented me. They loved me in the beginning. They resent me towards the end. Cause I'm like, I'm locked in on my goal. I'm locked in on my goal. They're like, and so what I want to do from like, what he did is he was, it seemed to be a great husband, great father, and a great businessman, and a great basketball player. So I want to take action now. Like, I'm, when I find somebody, I want to give them all I got. And if it doesn't work out, fuck it. That's fine. I love that, man. I love that. And, and Mariso, you said you want to ask something? Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. I actually want to wrap this up with a… Uh, so I found this letter that Kobe wrote to his younger self. 
Um, and it kind of does play a part in what we're talking about, um, building up our actual, co- building up our actual, our actual community. Um, these are just a little, little quotes from that letter. Um, and it says, when your Laker dream comes true tomorrow, you need to figure out a way to invest in the future of your family and friends. And he said, I said, invest. I did not say give. Purely giving material things to your siblings and friends may appear to be the right decision. But the day will come when you realize that as much as you believe you are doing the right thing, you are actually holding them back. Um, then go, and then in this article, it goes, uh, handing out money to your closest friends and family is not necessarily the best way to show your love. Bryant learned since it can negatively affect their work ethic and may even, and may even suppress their ambition, you will come to understand that you were taking care of them because it made you feel good. It made you happy to see them smiling and without a care in the world. While you were feeling satisfied with yourself, you were slowly eating away at their own dreams and ambitions. You were, you were adding material things to their lives, but subtracting the most precious gift of all, independence and growth. Um, let's see. Basically, he, he's saying he would have rather invested in their dreams, in their goals, than to just give them stuff. And I think, uh, going back to the question that I had for you, how do you think we can spark that in our community is investing in our community. Putting money into, you know, I see where you're going with this, bro. I want to help you out and I want you to grow from that however I can. Um, and that's a quote from Kobe Bryant. A uh, letter to himself… To his younger self. Um, and that's just, I kind of wanted to wrap it up with that because that's going, but I'm going to go back to you guys. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great way to close. And what, what I took from that message too is when it comes to our community and when it comes to us giving back, it doesn't have to be financial. Giving back can be collaboration, giving back could be knowledge, giving back could be plugging people into different circles. Right? Because the problem is if you give somebody money, you're not teaching them lessons. So you sh- people should seek knowledge over money. Because once you understand how to get money, you can repeat it and you can scale. And then you can give it back to the community. So I think that's an excellent way to close out. Um, thank you for tuning into this episode. Uh, and enjoy the rest of your day. This is the Blacklist Co. Radio Show with Pedro Frias. 